Hi, you're listening to Permission to Be Honest, a safe environment to have difficult conversations in a lighthearted way. I'm Kara, and I'm Ricky, and we're your hosts. This is a space that allows for curiosity and questioning when it comes to controversial topics. This is your Permission to Be Honest. Okay, today we have Pascal on with yeah, us. Yeah, we got a guest from... Welcome, Pascal. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited to be here and uh, yeah, nice to meet you guys. Yeah. Perfect. So Pascal is a listener that actually reached out to us. Yeah, that's we awesome. We don't hear from you guys often and we love when we do. And so um, Pascal reached out. He lives in Oldenburg where we lived in Germany and um, wanted to share his story with us. And we are super excited to have you on and, and hear your story. Thanks for having me here. Um, yeah, kind of excited, a little bit nervous. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. so uh, yeah, I'm 26 years old. I was born here in Oldenburg, um, still living here. And um, yeah, my, my, my birth was a little bit spectacular because I came two months too early. Okay. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know if it is regarding to that, but I, 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 I'm a wheelchair driver. Okay. So since birth, uh, I use a wheelchair and uh, yeah, I can't move my legs. It's um, there are some nerves in my spinal cord which are missing, and okay. they yeah, usually they connect uh, the brain to the nerves and the legs and the muscles, and they're just missing with me. And um, yeah, I just I just can't move my body um, except for my legs. So okay. yeah, that, that's yeah, that's like the foundation of my story. Um, because as a wheelchair driver, you just go through hard times, you go through good times, you just meet awesome people, you meet bad people, and I'm about to talk about all of that. Perfect, <laughs> perfect. So um, backing up to childhood, um, yes. what was it like for you as a child? Because you've never known anything different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, as a child, I was, I was very lively um, because if you, if you grow up and you can't walk, it's like, um difficult because you know like 20 years ago there were no like wheelchairs designed for children yeah 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 that's what i was gonna say in in europe in general i would guess it's a bit harder than it is in america just because Mm -hmm. the buildings are so much older yes yes yeah and um luckily we found this uh this, this guy from dortmund and he lives also in a wheelchair and 20 years ago he started to uh, make his own wheelchairs okay. and he was like okay they were like these typical wheelchairs which already were very heavy and mm-hmm. as a child there were like no ways you can move in them around mm-hmm. they were just just big and for for adult people mm-hmm. and that guy he he saw that and was like, okay let's make my own wheelchair and then he started to create a new brand of wheelchairs and the one i had was very special because it was made the, the the main body was made out of lego oh so that, that was every child's dream yeah that was yeah. great because yeah. you could like place the uh, figures on top of it and you could build a little bit with it and that was very cool and i remember that because um i was very uh yeah fast with it mm-hmm. and um as a child i was also okay let's let's take the set on let's see how it goes just do it okay and okay. yeah that's how i grew up do you have siblings? Uh, yes, I have a sister. 
Um, okay. A little bit backstory to that, because as I was born, my mother got ill and um, she couldn't take care of me. Then she decided, okay, let's find some foster parents for me. Okay. Then I got into the best foster family there is currently right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love them. I call them mom and dad. And yeah. um, as I was three years old, they, they reached out to me they were like, okay, listen, Pascal, you have another mother and you have a sister. And they were like, okay, let's talk to him head on and, and as early as possible, as soon as he can understand, because they didn't want to uh, yeah, raise any drama later on if I would be older or something. Uh-huh. Okay. And so I was glad that they talked to me um, early on because I was kind of open for new people. I was the second thing. I was always open to new people, and it was the same with my mother and my sister. I meet them. I was like, okay, their family. I love them. Okay. And funny thing is, um, they were also living in Oldenburg, uh-huh. and they were just living like three streets away, and we didn't knew it at no the time. Way. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, way. it was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. And so we just met up and uh, as I was a child, like from the age three to 10 or 12, I was like every Saturday visiting them and we just, yeah, it just, it just fitted in very okay. well. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's what my family is. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. So as a baby, you went into the foster system. So yes. You, yes. Okay. So you, and then at some point your foster parents told you about your biological family. Yes. Yep. Exactly. That's wild that they lived three streets away and in Oldenburg. Yeah. Like that's yeah, that was like yeah, it's very very cool if I think about it. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. And your foster parents are pretty cool because I think that's the hard thing to navigate. Like, do I introduce? Um, do I tell them? Do I tell them about their their biological family, family and mm, yeah, yeah, I think that so whole caramel, uh, can of yeah. worms? But I think that's yeah, that's pretty cool. Your foster that's parents. That's really. Cool. Or your parents, I won't say foster parents. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, they're your parents. They take care of you. I see. I see every side of my parents. So yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And as a child, do you remember wishing you could walk? Was it something that bothered you, or were you okay with it because you never had? Um, I think I was mostly okay with it. I don't remember it as a child, but as I grew older, there were like certain times where I was like, okay. Uh, it sucks a little bit to be in this situation, but mm-hmm. like in ninety percent of the time, I'm just like, fine, let's let it's that way. I can't change it other way, so just mm-hmm. deal with it. That's how I see it, and um, I'm a pretty open-minded person. I even joke about it because it makes things easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. example, I have a friend of me. He like um, like a couple of years ago, he uh, fell from a tree, and. After that, he was like paralyzed from the neck down. Oh, wow. And um, he, uh, yeah, he just, he was like 20 years old as, as it said it happened. Mm-hmm. And he faced it head on and just kept going. And I was like, okay, that dude is awesome. I wish more people would be like him uh-huh. because yeah. no matter what he faced, I think most situations you can go through it if you have the right help and the right community around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think. That's what I was going to ask you. How important is community for you? Because to have people who know what, the, it's, like, what yeah. it's like, the challenges you face. And um, did you have that as a child? And if not, what age did you finally start to get a community around you? Mm-hmm. Well, as a child, every other child was like a little bit curious. They were, for example, in kindergarten. 
there was um, one day I remember there was this other child who was like, he, he approached me and he was like, can you set up? I want to drive around. And I was like, no, no. I can't do that. <laughs> and then I had to explain them and yeah, it was yes. a weird situation. But um, also, um, I think the community grew as I got older okay. because my first school was a disabled only school. Okay. okay. Um, it's also con- uh, located in the outskirts of Oldenburg. It's called Beuchersweg. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there I got to know many other wheelchair drivers and a couple of other disabled people, like um, people with learning difficulties and right. just could not talk properly. And it was interesting because the classrooms were rather small with seven or eight, maybe 10 people. Mm-hmm. But the um, teachers were like very open-minded, and they gave the people the support they needed. Okay. So, okay. yeah, the special needs of the students were like shown, and it was very, very good there. But I also, um, one thing I learned there was how to properly do sports while in a wheelchair. Okay. Because okay. that school had uh-huh. a wheelchair basketball team. Yes. 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 And 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 uh, yeah, I, I joined them, and I think we I played wheelchair basketball for like four years. Uh-huh. And um, in, uh, in in wheelchair basketball, there's the A team and the B team, uh-huh. and the B team has like um, uh, what's the uh, English word for the uh, for the net? Uh, for the goal. Uh, in Germany, we call it Korb. Yeah, 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 goal. goal. You're right. Oh yeah, goal. Yeah. yeah. Goal. So yeah, for the B team, the goal is like it's um freestanding. It's like uh, one or no, it's two meters high. Okay. And you learn on the two meters, and then you as you switch to the A team, that's where the tournaments take place, and then you play uh yeah on a real goal. A normal sign. And yeah. yes, yes, and um that that was pretty cool because we already got to two or three tournaments. Uh-huh. And one time we even won, yeah. And ranked first place, and even beat uh, Hanover because uh-huh. Hanover was always ranked for the best in wheelchair uh-huh. basketball. Uh-huh. But uh, well, we beat them from time to time, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that that's awesome. amazing. Yeah. How important? Because we're a sports family, obviously, and yeah, I know. We, yeah. Think, uh, we think sports are very important. Just. Because A, they're fun, but also you're moving your body and just yeah. like the, the confidence it gives you and the camaraderie. Yes. And I know in our transition from Germany to America, sports have been a lifesaver for our children, just meeting friends and feeling involved and, and um, feeling like you belong to something. Mm-hmm. How important was that for you to discover wheelchair basketball? Mm-hmm. I remember as I started playing wheelchair basketball, I was like, okay, it's a cool sport. Let's try it out. And as I yeah, played it, I became more confident. There were like some friends of me were already in the team. So we bonded closer through that. And it was very, um, very cool to go to tournaments, see other schools and build these awesome memories because every tournament was like connected with a, a stay at another school overnight. Right. So it was always like a big party. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah it, was, it was always great. And uh, yeah, I also think uh, I kind of miss playing wheelchair basketball. Uh-huh. I had to stop as I switched school. Oh, okay. um, because, yeah, uh, just you, you can't play in the school team if you're not part of the school anymore. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, yeah sometimes I still play with friends and it's, uh-huh. it's still great. Okay. Uh-huh. And Pascal, one question I had for you is, is there, like, is disabled okay? Is that an appropriate term when describing, I never want to be offensive and this is an area where I'm kind of ignorant. I don't know, like, what mm. terms you would prefer or not prefer. So I just want to get that out in the open. Uh, yeah, good question, actually. Um, I never thought of that before, so I have to improvise a little bit. <laughs> but um, I think it depends on how the person who says the term means it. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. you can think that way and that way, and it just depends on the situation, the mood, the tone, everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but the thing is, it's fitting the description. And uh, yeah, I'm yeah, fine with it. You're fine with it. It's not yes. something. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's similar well, to what we've always said. Like it. Um, like you can tell the person means well by behind it, and mm-hmm. if if they truly don't know, then mm-hmm. you can just say, "Hey, you know, you know, mm-hmm. I prefer this," or you say it like that way, rather than someone just being mean and mm-hmm. saying something completely ignorant off base. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I know I'm yeah. guessing you don't consider yourself disabled. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. You know, um, for example, um, two years ago I did another podcast with a friend. Was uh-huh. like completely like private and it was my first time digging into podcasts and um yo uh his his podcast uh episode was called wheelchair bound okay i was okay wheelchair bound not sure if bound is the right term for it yeah um because i don't know if it fits that well because the wheelchair is i'm not bound by it i'm helped by the wheelchair to move around to live life you know that's how i see this right right and uh yeah and wheelchair bound, it almost makes it feel like a prison or something, you know, like a, like a, like confining. A little bit. Yeah. And it's actually. Yeah. Like you something said, something that helps you. Helping you. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Assisting you to be able to do so much more. So you don't look at the wheelchair as a negative thing. Yeah. True. True. At this point, uh, sorry, friends, I'm putting it out uh, two years after the podcast. <laughs> but it's fine, bro. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just, yeah. <laughs> I was sure he would listen to this. So, yeah. 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 Um, that's, that's an interesting thing though, because I think that a lot of people who have never been in a wheelchair look at a wheelchair as kind of like a hindrance or a negative thing. Right. Yes. yes. Like you brought up a really good point because it's, it's not, it's actually actually a really amazing contraption that helps you do so much more. Yep. True. What and, uh, are some of the challenges that you have faced or that you face daily? Because I know, I know in Europe, <laughs> everything is smaller, right? Yes. And yes, it is. you have like, for example, cobblestone, which I've pushed a <laughs> stroller on cobblestone. It's not fun. Oh, um, yes. True, true. Yeah. You have a lot of old buildings with stairs and narrow yep. Even the elevators are small. Elevators and, are yeah. small. Everything is is smaller. Yeah, so what are yeah. some like just actual first let's do like the physical challenges of navigating mm. in a wheelchair and then we'll talk about like the emotional challenges. Okay, yeah, all right. So yeah, well, as you pointed out, stairs not functioning, elevators, cobblestone is really yeah, messing with the tires. Mm-hmm. And um I remember one school trip, it was like just for one day, and we went to Hamburg. Mm-hmm. And um, Hamburg is a 
big city. I think you know it. And yeah. um, we were kind of surprised because as we were in Hamburg, we wanted to use the um, underground train to oh. get to some places. And right. at that day, not even one elevator was working. Oh. And we were like, okay, what do we do now? Yeah. And luckily, um, that was after I switched schools because after the eighth class, I switched schools to a normal school. Right. Um, and on that class, there were like many friends of me who just were like, okay, let's pick you up. Let's carry you downstairs, upstairs, whatever. Okay. And that was really helpful because otherwise we would have been stuck after arriving like 10 <laughs> minutes in Hamburg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. So yeah, and on that day, uh, our teacher was very furious. Um, because, I mean, Hamburg is such a big city. How can they mess up every elevator? That's yeah. Like, yeah. like, that's really uh, unacceptable. And yeah. also, are there strong laws in in Germany for this stuff? Like in America, there are very strict and strong laws that everything has to be wheelchair accessible, etc. Do you have the same situation there? Well, I'm not sure about the laws, but I know that Germany tries to do its best, but maybe doing its best is not enough yeah okay and uh yeah one thing that always helps me is um is a website called wheel map okay um and there you can like like normal people and disabled people can like it's it's like google maps for wheelchair drivers because there you can rate every building oh. and say how wheelchair accessible is it oh it's, that's amazing yeah it's, it's amazing maybe not that accurate on times but it's, yeah. it's the best thing we can have so we just have to do it right. with it uh-huh yeah and um yeah just say it from time to time because if you for example you go to a new city for a vacation or something just you have to check know. out some spots and yeah and so you can go on there and see like oh what restaurants are wheelchair accessible yes. or how accessible are they and yep exactly. oh, that's really helpful so you don't get in these situations where you get there and then yeah you you're can. stuck yeah yeah it happens from time to time but there's like always either someone helping uh -huh. Or you just go around and uh, take another route. Okay. Another okay. way. That, that's it, yeah. And do you find people are, are helpful for the most part? Mm, yeah, definitely. For the most part, there are also some bad people, um, but I got talked about it later. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, most people are just helpful. For example, if you drop something. Okay. Like, I mean, I, I can reach everything on Earth, but some people, you know, just they're always very quick and like, do you need help? Do you need help with anything? Can we help you? Should I push you? Whatever. And most of the time, it's 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 just quite nice. Um, but sometimes it's just okay. I can do this on my own. Please leave me be. Yeah, that was gonna be. Yeah, I was gonna ask you that. Like, um, is it is it at times like too much help, or like you like no, like I can I can handle it, or like does it get frustrating, or? Well, it depends on the person you offer the help to. Mm -hmm. For me, for example, it's like I try to do as much as myself as I can. Okay. because um, I'm also hitting the gym, building muscles and stuff like that. Right. So I know, okay, how important this is to move around my hometown, for example, on cobblestone or on a steep ramp or something. And even my boss asked me two years ago as I started working in my company, she was like, okay, um, you're the first wheelchair driver I really meet up with. So what should I do if I see you struggle? Should I help you? Should I not? Should I ask? And <laughs> yeah. um, it depends on the person the situation for example okay. um like yeah one week ago there was uh, i was at a restaurant uh, meeting up with friends and i was the first one to be there and the restaurant was like built on cobblestone which was itself no problem 
but right. uh, to get to the stair, I had to move, uh, uh, no, to get to the table, I had yeah. to move a chair. Okay. And the chair was so heavy that I kind of struggled it, with it. And uh, then, uh, yeah, nice pedestrian came up and was like, okay, do you need like help? Can we help you? And I was like, yeah, help me. It's fine. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, it depends. Yeah. That's, that's something I've noticed um, with German culture that I really, really like because my kids do it. They ask first, should I help you? Mm. I feel like mm. Americans don't. We just like, we just like jump in yeah. and help. Or like, like it's, it's a question first, which I've always noticed. Like Sydney will always say like, should I help you? Right. Like you're asking first. And, and that I'm allows them like to that. say, Hey, you know, yeah, no, that- no, I got it. It's okay. Or, Oh yeah, sure. You know, I'm, I'm struggling with this, but I think as Americans, we just kind of jump in and hey, let yeah, me get that for you. Because I've noticed with, especially with older people in Germany, they do not want help. Like in America, you're just taught, like you helped you help the elderly. Right. We were raised kind of yes. we were raised that way. But there's a lot of pride with German elderly. And so <laughs> yes. it's important to ask them first, like, should I help you? Because 99% of the time they'll say, no, I got, I got it. it yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's like the same with disabled people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're disabled, you just love every bit of independence you can get. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, that's just sometimes daily life can be a struggle but it feels even better if you beat it and okay. if you overcome right. the fears and the struggle then yeah so for you it's like a, it's there's something you're proud of and you don't yeah yeah kind of. to take that opportunity away from you yeah yeah exactly for um, example i'm currently uh doing my driving license to get a car next year really and okay. being more independent so yeah yeah um, I was going to say, you seem like you have a very positive outlook on everything. And was it, was that something from your parents or were you always kind of just like that? And um, where did it come from? I guess. Yeah. Mm. Oh, in- interesting part. Um, glad you asked um, because I think it's, well, I had that every time, like, like I can think I was always very positive on life. Okay. They're like also like dark days um, where my mind is just like, okay, this life is not worth living. I just, um, I just struggle with it, uh, you know, um, and like there were days where I was like, okay, I'm so depressed. I I don't want to get up, Mm -hmm. but um, there's, there was always one thing happening, like, like friends. I have very close friends who do everything for me, no matter what. And they're always there for me. And I think this is, like very um important that you have people you can talk to no right. matter when no matter what it's about who support you and you feel loved with yeah and also one thing that always pushes me to go back up back up on my feet exactly um and to go back into like fighting my demons mm-hmm. music music oh. i'm i'm a i'm a metal head i really like metal right. and um yeah m- music is always helping me because if i find a new song it's always like, okay, um, does it sound nice? Yes. But for me, more important uh, is the message behind the song. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, because I think what you listen can also change how you look on life and like what you feel and how you experience different things. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, there's like, I would like to uh, point out one band, which I would like to say saved my life. Okay. okay. Tell us. Um, they are called Bloodywood. 
Okay. Okay. It's a metal band from New Delhi in India. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, yeah, they fuse um, metal with traditional Indian instruments. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they have also two singers. One uh, makes a screamy metal parts on uh, Hindu, I guess. <laughs> and the other amazing. one makes rap parts in English. Okay. So, and um, as I discovered the band in 2018, it was uh-huh. like totally, totally coincidence because I opened my YouTube on my phone and was like, okay, that song is called Ari Ari Indian Street Metal. What is it about? Never heard Indian metal. Let's <laughs> give it a try. And um, yeah, at that day I became a fan. And that this is the point where the story gets really deep. Because a couple of months later, they released their first own original song. Mm-hmm. They were not, uh, like 2018 was just the beginning for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they um, released their first song, which was called Trivi Ray, which means live brave one. Okay. And that um, song talks about fighting the demons and mm-hmm. fighting depression. Wow. And the first time I listened to that song, I broke out in tears because all the um, emotions hit me. And I was like, wow, this is deep. Yeah. And um, that day, um, every time I feel bad, I just listen to uh, the that song or like other songs of the band because they're always so positive and so so yeah. meaningful. And yeah, I think I don't know where we'll be without these without these guys. And um, the highlight was uh, 2019 on my birthday. They, by totally coincidence, released another song, and uh, that was like also great. And on that. They they also um yeah told the fans okay watch out we are going to embark on our very first tour sure okay and one day it was like in Hanover and I was like okay I have to see these guys live <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah we planned it I went uh, to Hanover with a with a buddy of me uh, on that day and everything just went better from there because as we approached the place where the concert took place. Um, we saw just the the uh, rapper of the band. Uh-huh. His name is Raul, and we approached him. We're like, "Hey, Raul, how are you doing, man?" And we talked to him a little bit, and uh, we were like surprised how good English they speak. Because at that point, we did not knew that in India it's quite common to learn English. Yeah, and um, that's one thing I learned that day. And uh, yeah, as we talked to him, I asked him, "Okay, where's the where does the concert take place? Where do we have to go in?" And he was like, "Okay, over there." Uh, it's uh, you have to go stairs down, and we knew each other like for five minutes. Yeah. I was like, okay, where can I help you get down the stairs? <laughs> oh wow! And yeah, and from that point on, the concert was great. It was in the first row, it was very small club, like 150 people, but it was very very tight and very very hot. I was sweating like, <laughs> like so because it was so hot there. And um, after they played the last song, the lead singer, his name is uh, Giant, he came from the stage and he was like hey bro do you want to come with us on stage no way yes yes <laughs> and then i went on stage with them and um yeah then they were like okay do you have a favorite song you want to play with you for you i was like, okay let's uh choose machi bazat because that song was the one they released on my birthday okay and then they played it while i was on stage and afterwards oh, we got man. backstage had a beer and got to know each other and um we took pictures and we at that day we became friends because um they asked me if i wanted to give them an interview mm-hmm. because they decided to okay it's our first tour as an indian metal band no uh-huh. band from india has done this before let's uh yeah let's record it and then they 
made a documentary out of it and uploaded the whole thing on YouTube. And I'm there like giving a speech to, to them and yeah, speak about my experiences. And uh, that was kind of cool. And a couple of days, days after the um, concert, the guys all found me on Facebook and added me as friends. And we've been in contact ever since. And um, yeah, that was getting even better because um, a couple of days after the concert, there was this Facebook group. It's called Bloodywood Raj Posting. Uh-huh. And it was started as a, a meme group dedicated to the band. But yeah. it became something even more because all the people in there know how this is struggle. Mm-hmm. And that's a community where I received so much emotional and physical support because there are people from all over the world getting together and offering help to, to those in need. Mm. And um, if you ever had like problems, for example, you had a dark day or just there was even one guy thinking about suicide and he wrote um, into the group mm-hmm. uh, people like, okay, I give you a call right now. I don't want you to die. I help you right now. Mm-hmm. And completely strange, just getting together so much. It was so awesome to see that. And yeah, I think I really found some some friends in there. Like for example, the guys from the band, the guy I did the other podcast with, and you know, there are like so many awesome people. Um, and yeah, if everything goes uh, accordingly to a plan, we're gonna meet up next year in England for a first time with so many people, and it will be great. Yeah, that's an amazing story, man. That's 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 awesome that all that happened and you're able to find a community like that. Yeah. It's like you, not only did you meet your favorite band, which is yes. amazing in and of itself, but it's like the gift that keeps on giving because now you have this community yes, exactly. of, of people who it's not, it's not a community of just like wheelchair drivers. Like these are yes. all kinds of people from all different places and cultures. And you know, for you, it's like, oh, look, everybody struggles, right? You know, yes, and yes. like this is it—it's really eye-opening, and it's—it's it's provided this support system that you're so lucky to have found. Yeah, I'm glad yes. you talked about it. That's uh, because we talk about mental health sometimes on here, and um, yeah, I heard that. I think the and then what we talk about also is that we're we're more alike than we we realize, and sometimes we just look at the differences and we we feel like we can't relate, but you know, once you once you get into it and you start sharing and you realize that you have more in common with people yeah. than you realize. And, you know, everybody has bad days. And yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned music because uh, I think music is, a, is an easy way for people to to deal with their bad days or, or to find inspiration or, you know, just, you know, we listen to music when we lift weights or when we clean the house and they just Music is such a special tool, and I think some people, I think maybe overlook its power. And so I'm glad you spoke on it and and shared how it how it affected you and how you use it. Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, um, if I go to this podcast, I just have to bring up that topic because it fits well with you guys with yeah. things you just talked about in recent episodes. Yeah, and um, yeah, another fun fact on that topic: uh, two weeks ago, I was on my first heavy metal festival, okay. which was also in northern Germany near Bremen. Mm-hmm. and um it's called reload festival and there were like eight eight or twelve thousand people and i was inside there and i was also like okay the bloody wood will be there i have to go there but i was also very scared um at the beginning because 
adding on you how it would be to be surrounded by so many people. Right. And, you know, sometimes people just give you a weird look if you're in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's just something that happens. And uh, yeah, on that day, I saw the band live for the uh, second time. And afterwards, we met up in the backstage area and everybody of them were like, okay, hey, bro, how are you? <laughs> and we're just hugging each other and taking pictures. And it was like meeting up with friends you have seen just like last month. And but it was like three years apart of seeing each other. Yeah. But yeah, through the it's internet, like we just stayed in contact. And yeah, yeah that, that was great. And, and how was your experience at the festival? Like, did you, with the people around, yeah. like, were they really crowded? Um, well, the first thing, as we got out of the car, um, I was there with a friend and my mother because she also loves the music. Um, no way. So, really? Yeah, yeah. My mother <laughs> is, uh, became, became a metalhead through Bloody Wood. Okay. And, um, yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, fun fact. Um, on that day, as we got out of the car, we had to park uh, in a very dusty area. And I was just sitting down in a wheelchair. And there was like already a guy, should I help you? Should I push you on the, on the concrete ground? Should I have you? I was mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, let's help me. Because at a festival, I was in the mood. Okay, let's get to meet up new people. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's just party every to get everybody together. And it was very cool. Because um, also the festival ground was very dusty. And there were no real roads or something. It was just like dust and, and dirt everywhere. And I had to be pushed. It was just not doable on a normal wheelchair. Yeah. And yeah. the festival lasted for three days. Yeah. We went there on a Thursday, took a break on Friday, and went back there on Saturday. Okay. And on Saturday, I was there with uh, different people, different friends of me. And we we're just uh, yeah, sitting down, having a lunch break. And then like the owner of the festival came to us and was like, okay, hey, I saw you in a wheelchair. How can we make the experience better for you next year? Oh, I and love then he, that. Yeah, yeah. It was like, great. That's great. Because um, they had a small toilet, which was too small to, to use in a wheelchair. Okay. We had to get out of the wheelchair before the toilet and yeah. get somehow in the toilet without your wheelchair. We're just like, I don't know. Not, not working, right? Right. Yeah, and, that's not working. And then yeah. someone has to help you. And then that's a private time. Yeah, yeah, yeah true, yeah. true, true. And um, yeah, I just talked to the owner of the festival for like 20 minutes. Told him everything they could be, could be doing better. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, thank you for the feedback. And um, also a cool thing I saw the first time there was that the main stage was very huge and there were like 12,000 people. Mm-hmm. So as a wheelchair driver, there, were like, there was like no chance to get uh, close to the stage because right. of the sea of people. Mm-hmm. And right in the middle of the sea of people, there was this um, elevated um, like, like building yeah. and only wheelchair drivers had uh, yeah, access to it. And it was like a special platform for wheelchair drivers to see the, the crowd, to see the stage, to enjoy the music. Mm-hmm. And that was very cool. And I was able to, or I was allowed to bring one friend of me up to that special okay. stage. And um, there, we stood there for like three or four hours. Yeah. Only thing missing was uh, yeah, a seating uh, place for, for my buddy. Right. Yeah, yeah. to stand the whole way, but yeah. <laughs> That, that we, we just also took that as uh, as a uh, point and gave it to the uh, owner of the festival uh-huh. because they, they, it was great, but they could improve. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, but, but in general, like everybody we met there were like so awesome, so friendly, offered help. And I'm kind of glad it went that way because 
I know the opposite way around. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, um, because. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into that a little bit. Let's get into yes. All the right. opposite way and some of the negative things that you, you've yes. experienced. Yes. Um, so uh, here in Oldenburg, there's one club called Amadeus. Mm-hmm. And I discovered the nightclub as I was turning 18, so almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been, always been going there because there are no steps at the entrance. Mm-hmm. And you can just go on the uh, dance floor, which is at the floor level. And there were always, like, nice bouncers, like, like nice community. And as I was going there for several years, there were like a couple of incidents which were very strange mm-hmm. because one day I was there uh, with a couple of friends and another friend was an electrical wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So his wheelchair was even bigger than mine. I drive an active wheelchair. Okay. And we're just standing in line waiting to get in. And there were like two, uh, two drunk girls walking past us mm-hmm. and trying to get access. And we were like uh, talking to the bouncers. They were like, okay, watch out. Uh, we just go quick in and if it, if it's cool, we, we come back and pay. And the bouncer was, no way, I don't let you in because you are so drunk. And I know you guys, you won't pay. Mm-hmm. And they were like upset and then they had, they had to go away. Mm-hmm. And as they were leaving, they walked by us. Uh, the, so they, they stopped beside us and um, pointed us and were like, wait, you don't let us in, but you let these guys in. What is wrong with you? Oh, oh wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we were like, wait, what have you just said? And then they were just so quickly gone, we couldn't even confront them with what they just said. Yeah. And, you know, that's just an experience that, that sticks to you. Yeah. Um, because they were clearly disrespecting us and thinking there was something better. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was, like, very weird. And one, um, yeah, one thing that always is uh, very, very, I don't know how to put it, very frustrating Mm-hmm. Um, is that some people, the way they look at you, yeah, the way they look at you, you just know, okay, they don't like you. They just check mm-hmm. you out, you know, and um, yeah, there are just some things that happened. And I'm glad that the negative confrontations with people are just, just these, these things and not more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, in general, if you are living in a wheelchair and you're faced every day with the things you can't do, right. it's very easy to get into a dark place um, yeah. because every time, every time your your body is like, okay, watch out. This is another thing you can't do right now. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, for example, the thing that bothered me the most is that I'm 26 and I'm still single, never had a girlfriend. Because mm-hmm. girls don't like wheelchair drivers. That's that's how it is. Yeah. And um and that that's one thing that's always back in my mind, you know. Yeah. And uh yeah, I just I just hope I get a girlfriend soon because I want to explore yeah. different things. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But, uh, yeah, that that thing is always on my mind. Yeah. And you know what? I'm really glad that you brought that up and that you are creating space to talk about how difficult it is and how it is hard and how there are, it's like, again, you're like, Oh, something else I can't do something else I can't do. Because I think Mm -hmm. that so often in your situation, people are like, Oh, but you have to look at the positive. You have to look at the positive, look at all the things you can do. And it's like, yeah, okay. That's true. But there are also negative things that we need to create space for 
and vocalize because it's natural and it they're feelings you have like i really yes. believe in giving um that all emotions are important and all emotions need to be felt and so even the hard ones yes, we need to exactly. talk about and and feel those and i i think lots of times people are like oh but look at the bright side right. you know and yeah that's true but there is also a dark side and it's just as important to recognize that yep. and you can talk yep. about the dark sides without going there without like letting it consume you but you also meaning like hey like i do have dark days these are some things that um that suck that, that suck yeah yeah yeah. You know, and yeah i'll find my way to deal with it but it's important for me to to express that this sucks right now this is what i'm going through and and like you said we have to have you have to create space where people can say okay like yeah. you know i understand that and you know if there's any way i can help or or just say okay like i'm here for you yeah or yeah like these are things that suck for me too kind right of like in the community yes. because it is easy to get in this thing where you think like it's only happening it's only happening yeah. to me because nobody talks about yeah. the shitty stuff right like yeah that's true that's so true and so like just having other people here like oh yeah like it's okay to feel this way right. other people feel this way too and that really sucks um so i'm really i just want to say thank you for being brave and being honest and and you know saying this stuff right no problem i i'm happy i can help people who listen to this maybe yeah with my experience and uh yeah if anybody ever needs help just hit me up i'm there i'm there yeah. to help random people you know random people help me to get through some dark days so i gladly do the same yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i wanted to ask you going back a little bit how was your transition from your first school to your second school like how was? oh yeah good question yeah how was that transition um, well, I remember at first I didn't want to change schools because okay. the um, disabled-only school was like uh, a ball of fluff you was put into, yeah. and they were like, you were protected. Yeah. yeah. And deciding to go to the normal school, I was like, very okay. This might be difficult because I don't know how the people react to me. I don't know if they would bully me or something like that, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, I was like, okay, let's give it a try. Then I had two weeks of uh, trial at the other school. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I went into the class of, a, of one of my bros. He was already in school and they were like, okay, well, the class fits you well. Let's get you into that class. Right. And the first day I showed up at the school, he was ill. And I was like, okay, oh. how will they treat me? But uh, luckily he had told everybody about me and everybody was like welcoming me with open arms and I was already a part of the class and uh, one thing I remember uh, is that the teacher, Mrs. Meyer, she was awesome but um, every Thursday the last two lessons were uh, yeah, sport lessons and she approached me on Monday and was like okay yeah, on that day where we have sport, you can just uh, go home early because you can't do sports I was like, oh, wait, are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She just, she, uh, she just assumed and I was like, just you wait a week. I'll show <laughs> you what I can do. Right. And um, yeah, after the, the Thursday, um, on Friday, we talked about this at school, uh, about the sports. And Mrs. Maya was like, uh, and did you, did you get home earlier? And I was like, no, I just took part in sports. And the whole class was like, 
we were so surprised what he can do. Give me basketball and he, he, he scores <laughs> the goal. And, you know, yeah. that's how it went. And at that point, I was really, I felt at home. Okay. Yeah. And it was, it was great. Um, great community over there too. And because there was also that guy, his name is uh, Emmanuel. And he was like, uh, he, was, he, he's, he was a black dude from, uh, I don't know where exactly he came from. Uh-huh. But he was a, a dude like two meters tall, two meters wide. He, and he was like, look out, bro, from now on, I'll be your bodyguard on this oh, school. Okay. <laughs> and everybody knew him, but and nobody touched me there. Yeah. And I yeah. was like friends with everybody there. And that was very uh-huh. cool. Um, and so, yeah, after the two weeks, I decided, okay, let's go back uh, to my old school for the rest of the school year, finish mm-hmm. that year, and then go back to that school because it was awesome like okay. getting there and i felt at home and then yeah I, I switched schools and then i realized that that was the best decision i ever made because if i would have stayed at the old school i would have i don't think i would be here today mm-hmm. i don't think i would be working in a huge company right now yeah. i don't think i would be educated as i am right now okay. because the old school yeah they, they were just like in their living in their own bubble right yeah and uh, yeah, because here in Germany is something like uh, in Germany we call it Berufsbildungswerk, yeah. which is like um, yeah, a special place for disabled people to make uh, a, a traineeship or right. to get to know a job and after school. And at first, I wanted to go there, right. but then my mother was like, "Okay, please don't go there because you are too smart for that." Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Okay, yeah, uh, maybe you're right." Then I switched schools and afterwards I was like, okay, yeah, she's right. I would have, I don't know, wasted, wasted so much precious time yeah. if I would have uh, stayed at the old school because um, at the new school, they were like, we were like even, uh, we made a trip to England mm-hmm. four or five days and had a host family also over there. And it was nice seeing England for the first time. It was with school. So it was like, okay, we go now, though. We, we now go there, then we go there. and. Yeah. stuff like that but in general it was very cool and i i always stay connected with the people from england yeah. so with the host family and i'm i'm sure they will listen to this so yeah, yeah. love yeah. you guys yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um yeah uh, after that school uh, after the uh, ninth and 10th grade yeah i um switched to another school okay. where, where i did um yeah, like I, I took technical classes okay. because I was always interested in IT and stuff like that yeah. and computers in general. And I was like, okay, why not um, getting educated on that? Hmm. So I decided, okay, yeah, let's make an 11th class and see how it goes. And during that permanent class, I had to make um, uh, yeah, uh, an internship for one year. Mm-hmm. And... I found the best comedy possible. It's called the BTC. Mm-hmm. They are located in Oldenburg. They are part of the EWE. Okay. And um, they are like, it's a very huge IT company, around about uh, 1,800, 2,000 employees. Not sure right now. And uh, I enrolled there for one year. And afterwards, I was like, okay, I want to go. I want to come back one day. And I want to get a proper education at this company. And while I was doing my 12th class to get my technical diploma done, mm-hmm. I enrolled or yeah, I enrolled at the BTC for an, yeah, three year training. And 
that was also cool because I was I, I knew that I was getting the um the opportunity to do this one year before it started. Mm-hmm. And as a, I, I was the first wheelchair driver to go there ever. Right. So the company they approached me like, okay, we want you, we want you here as a trainee. Mm-hmm. Tell us what we have to change so you can do your training here. Mm-hmm. What do we have to change? So yeah, one year before it started, we just went through every building, looked at different places. Uh, how how are the um, how was the office and mm-hmm. is it accessible for me? And we didn't have to change that much. Mm-hmm. Just a few um, things here and there because there was very strangely there was a ramp for wheelchair drivers. But that ramp was made out of cobblestone. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? What is yeah. this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that changed that. Um, yeah. But I was like, who designed this? This, made, this doesn't make any doesn't sense. Make any sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that was like very weird. But uh, oh, we laughed at it at the end because it was funny. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and that was like one of the changes that was done. And yeah, there were like other things like okay, um, more buttons for the elevators, mm-hmm. yeah, because one button was too high, and right. um, there, there was even a day where the building where I'm working in has two elevators, mm-hmm. and there was one day where two elevators were broke at the same time. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, no problem, just just work at the ground floor, no problem. I would like every there was no problem, but it was kind of funny, right, yeah. right. I don't know what would have happened if I would have been arrived uh, in the morning, mm-hmm. got like, for example, in the uh, first floor, and yeah. then they crashed. Yeah, that would be like a problem. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what if you would have already been up there and then? Yes, yes. Both of them break. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I love yeah, like... that you didn't let, like, you can trace this all the way back to your decision to change schools and what, how different your life would be had you let fear keep you from moving forward. We yes, talked about that yes. a little bit in our last podcast about how fear can stop you. And it's not even like founded in actual facts. It's just what you think might happen. And yes. it keeps you from making these decisions, which change the course of your life. Yeah. Yeah. True. I think there are like two major decisions already talked about. So one was clicking on that YouTube video from Bloodywood. Yeah. Yes, like which, by end. the way, I, when you said it was a coincidence, I was like, there are no coincidences. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. only believe in the universe guiding you. <laughs> yes, I think so too. I think so too. And uh, yeah, the other choice was like switching school because mm-hmm. that was uh, two main parts. I'm like, okay, these decisions made my life better like yeah. so much better and i don't know where it would have been if i had decided otherwise yeah and um yeah and i think it it would be really easy for someone in your position to not move forward to even not yeah. leave the house like oh well i don't know if it's going to be accessible i don't know if it's going to be uncomfortable i don't know if there's going to be a situation where i can't do something so i'm just yeah. not even going to try and i think you know, you need to give yourself a lot of credit because you you move forward anyways. Right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And um, I, I still have days where I'm like, okay, I just don't want to go out, meet up with yeah. my friends because I feel tired. I feel so lonely. And then 
if I if I go there and for example if we go to a concert or we go in the in the club I mentioned before to party, mm-hmm. it's always like okay I I don't want to go anywhere else. This is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you know I'm I'm a very open-minded person and extrovert person, but I also have moments where I'm like okay I just want to stay inside, read books, play video games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. yeah, you know I know both ways. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. I want to talk about some positive aspects you think um, you've experienced or that you've learned from being in a wheelchair. Okay. Yeah. I think one thing I learned was like that giving up is never an option mm-hmm. because there's like always a way to move around these, these obstacles to push it aside, to just race through it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like one thing I learned. And one thing I also learned was that if you have the right people beside you, nobody can stop you. Nobody yeah. can stop you from achieving your goals. And um, yeah, just surround yourself with people who love you, who yeah. are happy to see you and yeah. don't waste your time. Yeah, mm. yeah. And yeah, I also think that it all depends, you know, the whole, whole life depends on who you surround yourself with um, because people have an impact on you. Yeah. yeah. And for example, I once had a bad, bad friend. He was like, very toxic and nobody noticed it. And then as we cut him out, I was like, okay, this feels so refreshing right now. <laughs> you realize yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's the energy shift. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I would guess that I think a benefit is that you probably recognize earlier than a lot of people how strong you actually are. Yes, yes. Because yes. you're put in situations where you have to overcome things every yes. day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm also every day reminded how bad things can be. Yeah. For example, at at uh, at the uh, beginning of the year, I was okay. Let's hit the gym three times a month. Yeah. Yeah. The first half of the year, I was like very lazy. I have to admit. And uh, now I'm getting into the gym and trying to yeah lose some weight, get fit, mm. you know, but some muscles. And um, yeah, I think sometimes you just have to push yourself to yeah. achieve happiness and greatness. Yeah, that's what happens sometimes in life. And if you don't push yourself, nobody will push you. Mm-hmm. You just have to do it yourself sometimes. Yeah, and it will be worth it at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I would guess another benefit is that you also have this compassion. For, yeah, yeah. For people that I've noticed, like with my own children just growing up in a different culture and knowing what it feels like not to understand anyone around you at first or have anyone understand you and knowing what it feels like to be different has created this compassion in them where they seek out the kids that maybe nobody's talking to or um, that no one's even playing with at pausa or whatever. And they, they, they kind of gravitate to those, to those kids. And I would Mm. guess that, it's a similar situation for you because you know what it's like to struggle and you have this built-in compassion that you probably wouldn't have in a different situation. Yeah, I think so. Um, like one thing I always hear from people who get to know me at the first time, they were like, okay, I'm surprised at how well you manage things, how mm-hmm. well you manage life and how open-minded you are. Open-minded, because yeah. every time I'm at the club, I'm, I'm, I'm like heavy, having a party, I never drink. Mm-hmm. Because I just don't like alcohol, and yeah. um, 
I'm just always one who has the most fun on a dance floor because <laughs> I just like it. If, if the music kicks in, you are surrounded yeah. by awesome people. And there are like so many people approaching me like, hey, buddy, it's awesome that you are here. Yeah. I'm like, well, what should I do else? Should I just stay <laughs> home? And, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's just what I think. And I was like, yeah, nice to meet you. And then I just became friends with everyone. Yeah. And uh, one friend of me is always jealous because every time I'm dancing, I'm surrounded by pretty girls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, he was like, dude, he's, on the, he's, he's in a wheelchair, man. He's, he just goes on a dance floor and then the girls are swarming him. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah just stick to me. And then you yeah, maybe stick to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's true. I, that brings up another thing that I wanted to ask you about. At times, is it, difficult because people treat you as a person in a wheelchair instead of just as a person like even when they're being really nice it's like okay but i'm still just a person like don't treat me as a disabled person first mm, yeah well i would like to say yes because mm, my close circle of friends mm -hmm. they're just always like like one friend of me his name is mm -hmm. mike and he um, always tells me, buddy, I love you from the bottom of my heart. I see you as a normal person. I don't see the wheelchair at all. Yeah, exactly. And so they treat you like yeah. they would treat any other person. Yes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And, and this is how, how it should be in general, I guess. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm not dumb or smarter than anyone. I'm just a normal person trying mm -hmm. to get through life. And if you see me struggle, well, ask to help me. Or, yeah, yeah just, just let me handle something. Yeah. yeah. And... I think if you um, if you see a person differently just because he or she is in a wheelchair, then you might should think about how your mind works because it's not a wheelchair that's making me different. It's your thinking that's making me different to you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Really amazing. Yeah, this is good, man. Like, I'm sure I was going to say earlier, like you by you making those steps like to change schools like i'm sure you inspired maybe other people at your your first school to maybe also take the jump or by you being the first person hired uh, at your company and that's in a wheelchair you know that that shows other people that hey that i could like he did it i can also do it or it gives them courage and um just kind of like inspiration to to not let the fear keep you from doing things and show that um you know, if you really want something or you really believe that you can do it, then, then you can, no matter your circumstances. And so, uh, like, I, I think that's amazing. You're a trailblazer, yeah. Pascal. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's like one thing I always keep in mind. Um, if I have a dark day, for example, I think about, okay, my story can inspire people around the world. Mm -hmm. So I want to be heard. I want to get my story out. I want to talk to guys like you, for example. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's, that's just kind of who I am, you know, getting all these awesome experiences, changing mm -hmm. schools with a band, for example, and everything, yeah. but also use that to inspire and help other people. Yeah. I think we are at a time, it's easy to connect globally, and we can use that to yeah. our advantage. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. It's really amazing. And even just like participating in the sports class, like look how many people's yes. eyes you opened in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People are so close-minded. And I don't think it's like a, a, they don't even realize because they just have never been exposed. And so yeah. just by going out there and, and we talk about a lot how 
you can use opportunities as teaching opportunities, or you can use them to be offended. And you could very easily have gone home early that day and made up this whole story about how the world was against you and how offensive yep. it was that that teacher just assumed that. And that could have been the path you took, but you were like, no, I'm going to go participate in sports class. And it was such a teaching opportunity for both that teacher, but everybody in that sports class. Mm. And that's really amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So, um, yeah, I think life consists of decisions and it's up to us to change the best for us mm-hmm. and maybe think about the other people who may be inspired on the way. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's amazing, Pascal. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. For this joining was us. This amazing. Has been really, really enjoyable and really. I love hearing your story and. Thank uh, you so much for having me, look guys. Look up that, that band and see what... We're definitely... That's the first thing we're <laughs> going to do is look up this band because I'm so intrigued by yeah. a metal band from India. From India. That's um, yeah. yeah, I'm super intrigued. And I just thank you for being so open and honest. Um, that's not always an easy thing to do. And you were willing to be vulnerable. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. And um, hit me up if you come back to Oldenburg. I want to invite you guys to lunch. Okay. Yeah. We will definitely be back in Oldenburg. And so we will, we will absolutely take you up on that. Thank you so much for having me here. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Pascal. <laughs> no, man. Well, good night, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's more good night. So yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a night now. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Permission to Be Honest. We hope you liked this episode. If you have questions you want answered, topics you want to be discussed, or if you wish to be a guest on our show, then please email us at permission to be honest at gmail.com. That is permission to be honest at gmail.com. And if you like our show, please tell a friend and leave a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you. And we'll see you again very soon.